0: What I'd love to ask you to do is just to, for a moment, um, put yourself in a place where maybe you remember being misunderstood, or maybe misjudged, or maybe your actions were misinterpreted, things weren't taken the right way, and the hurt that that caused, you remember that time in your life? How about, how about if you were the one who did the misjudging? If you assumed something or said something, and then you find something out later, and you say those words, ah, if I'd only known. I think we say that too much. If I'd only known. So last week we talked about this idea that there's always more to the story. And the idea was that there's always more to your story. And so, so whatever you're going through, whatever you have gone through, I get it. That was a, it. It's been a tough time, but it's not your whole story. There's more to your story. There's still ink in the pen. And this week, we're going to kind of go a little different direction with this. And we're going to apply that same phrase, there's always more to the story, to somebody else's life and how you interact with them. So that you don't have to say, after you've been a jerk, if I'd only known, maybe I wouldn't have said that. Maybe I wouldn't have gone there. Maybe I wouldn't have done that. So you have this incredible story of, of Job. And if you have your Bibles with you, Job chapter 42, three friends come to visit Job. Now, Job, if you're not familiar with the story, was an incredibly righteous man. God bragged on Job just how much... Just how much he loved God and was a righteous man. And then Job goes through a really horrible time in his life where he loses everything. Everything. His ten children. He gets to the place where his wife looks at him and says, why don't you just curse God and die? That's how bad, and some ladies are going, I can identify with that. That's how bad the situation had come to where there was basically no, no enjoyment in life. I'm just done. I'm just, his physical, his health was gone. Everything was horrible in his life. So he has these three friends, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They come and they're going to sit with him for a while and and be empathetic and feel his pain. And and so literally they sat with him for seven days. And at the end of seven days, they begin to offer advice. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to find out why Job is going through what he's going through. There's got to be a reason And they're trying to understand what the God of the universe has against Job. And why is he going through what he's going through? So they offer all kinds of advice. Um, um, Eliphaz told Job that, that there must be some kind of secret sin going on here. That you're not telling us, you say you're righteous, but in reality, there's probably a lot of stuff going on in your life that you're not willing to tell anybody, but God knows that. He actually told Job, you have done a great wickedness. Then after Eliphaz got done, then Bildad comes in and he accuses Job of hypocrisy because Job denies what Eliphaz says. He says, no, I've not been doing wrong. I don't know what, and of course, you know, Job wants an audience with God. Job wants to make his case and tell God that this doesn't make any sense at all. And then Bildad comes in and says, well, if you're saying that you don't have any wickedness, then, then you are just a hypocrite because you act like you're seeking God and trying to do what God wants. But in reality, you're not living like it does. And then after Zophar hears all of their stuff, then Zophar, uh, he creates his own uh, accusation. He says, you're just mocking God because everything that Eliphaz and Bildad have said, you've just turned it down and now you're just mocking God. He says, your words and behavior mock the God of the universe. And I tend to think that these guys came into Job's life to try and help him. I really feel like they were trying to identify the problem and help him get right with God or see things the way they see things and try and explain God. I think that was their intent. But God didn't take it well. And in Job chapter 42... Job responds to these three friends. I'm sorry, God responds to these three friends' accusations of Job. And he responds by, he has he takes issue with how they are treating Job in all of this. And he takes issue with how they have characterized God. And so he says this in Job 42 verse 7. The Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against you and against your two friends. Why? Because you have, spoke, you have not spoken of me, the thing that is right, as my servant Job has. Now, think, I want you to notice it. You have not spoken of me, the thing that is right. You have mischaracterized my relationship with Job. You've accused him of secret sin, of hypocrisy, of mocking me, and you have spoken on my behalf wrongly. You've misinterpreted what's happening here. You don't know the whole story. And yet you have incredibly strong opinions about what's happening here. So last week we talked about the fact that, that, you know, your life is just a movie, but your life is a movie, but what you're actually going through right now may be just a snapshot, like, like it's going to get better. It, this isn't the whole thing. And this week, we're going to kind of redirect the same thought of there's more to the story by saying this, that there are chapters you haven't read in somebody else's story. Now, that's a powerful statement. Because in my opinion, that adjusts how I interact with people and how quickly I form opinions. And I'd like to get us to rethink our place in their story. And even if I read a paragraph, and even if I read it correctly, and I am exactly right in my grammar I don't know the whole story. And even if you're right in this moment about me or about somebody else, okay, so you're right about what you just read, but you haven't read the chapter. You haven't read their whole story. You don't know what God knows about them. So I want us to kind of rethink through some of this so that we have, because what I'd love to do is just, I wish we would just take a pause with our interactions with each other. I mean, they did take seven days, granted, okay? But seven days was just not enough time for them to know Job's story. I don't know how long it would have taken. I don't know how long it would for me to know your story. How long would it take for you to get to know my story? So I'd like to rethink a few things here. Let's think this through. So the first thing I want to mention was we only know a portion of someone's story. We don't don't know what we don't know, right? And so if we only know what we do know and we don't know what we don't know, then really we're ignorant about what we don't know about somebody else's story. You don't know what else God has done in their life. You don't know what God is doing in their life. You don't know where God is taking this. It's like you're stepping in to a scene of their life and coming off as the director. Like you're coming into just one portion of their life, and we feel like we have the right to say something or form an opinion, and we don't know the whole story. Man, we do this all the time. And yet we feel like we have a right to have an opinion about everything. We make assumptions and we form opinions from what we think we know about the situation or what we think we know about that individual. And it's amazing how our opinion changes when we learn more information. So, the second thing I think we need to think through here is that we tend to form an opinion based on what we think we know. And then I even broke this down. So um, we get information, whether we observe it or whether we've been told that, and we begin to form an opinion based on the information that we're given. we also form an opinion, I hate to say this, from our own biases. Like we're this political party. So anything the other political party does is just horrible, unless they make a mistake and do something great right we have these biases in our lives we all have biases in our lives i'm biased against people who drive in the left hand lane i have a real hard time loving those people i it's Virginia state law, and I'm just, I'm just upholding the, the well-being of the commonwealth. But, like, I was, I drove from Leesburg to Lynchburg last month, and there were 11 different people <laughs> that I passed in the right-hand lane, and I did my civic duty, and I looked at them really dirty. I gave them the biggest judgment look like I'm driving by right I'm going <laughs> And I'm not trying to sound biased but 10 but 10 out of the 11 were the same gender <laughs> So yeah but you're assuming you're assuming the gender, uh, the gender. so, so it's like, uh, the, and the one guy that wasn't, <laughs> the one guy that wasn't that, he was on a cell phone, so it's like, I am so biased against that, right? And I just think they're idiots. I mean, I just, I really have a hard time in my spirit with those people. And so we form opinions about people from those biases that we have. And and God knows my heart, and Melissa can bear witness, that is a real struggle for me. Left-hand laners. (laughs) It is a real struggle. And if I ride with you, and you're in the left-hand lane, you're going to notice this angst. Like, I, I feel like I have to say something. We just form opinions from our own biases, and they may be very nice people. And what kills me is like when I get really impatient with a driver and we pass it up, and it's like this little lady, and she's scared to death, and Melissa goes, see? See? Yep, right there. You feel good about yourself now? (laughs) Like, how does she even pass an eye exam? I don't even know how... we make so many assumptions about people based on our own biases like that right so now that you can relate to me and now that you feel like i'm a horrible person we're all in the same boat and we all make judgments based on the information that we think we know and the biases that we already have and we tend to form an opinion based on that information but in reality only god knows the whole story And, of course, you know, like you learn this with your kids. There's three sides to every story, right? There's your side, their side, and the truth. And somewhere in the middle there is the truth. And and so I think what we find is we jump on a bandwagon or we form an opinion, and then somewhere along the lines we actually discover what the truth is. And then we say, well, I mean, if I had known. Those are horrible words, like if I had known. So you would have responded differently. You would have said something different if you would have known. Which takes me to this last thing here on this thinking it through, and that is that relational damage occurs when too little is known and too much is said. Too often, we speak the worst prematurely, like we say you know, we always say, well, always give people the benefit of the doubt, think the best thoughts about them all. And we kind of say that, but we don't in our minds, but we don't always say that with our mouth. And so, like, we think and we say the worst prematurely. We, too much is assumed, and, and too little grace is given, and too little love is shown. And relational damage occurs because we say too much and we know too little. Because there's always more to their story. I just want to encourage you to keep reading. Get to know them better. And if we could just get in the habit of asking why somebody feels the way they do or did what they did, I think it'll make a big difference. We just need to... to, To have a pause. So let me just give you a couple things that we should do instead and then we'll wrap things up here. First thing I think we need to do is we need to earn the right to speak into their life. Like we we, we want to make a a lot of withdrawals, but we don't put any deposits in there. And we feel like we have, (laughs) I don't know where we get this entitlement from, but we feel like we have the right to form an opinion and voice our opinion just because Social media has made jerks out of a lot of people, right? Keyboard warriors, internet ninjas. They can damage somebody's character with just a few keystrokes sitting in their boxers in their mother's basement. (laughs) And they've never built anything, they've never accomplished anything, and yet they feel like they can have an opinion about everybody. And if, they, and if you ever met them in person, they couldn't even look in the eye. And we laugh about that. And I get that because that's, there's a lot of truth there. But how often do we fall into a similar trap? Like when everybody's talking about this political party or that celebrity, we just jump right in. And we act like we know. And now, listen, everybody has opinions. Everybody has them. But you don't have to share them all the time. Opinions are easy. Relationships are hard. And so we take the easy route. We just form an opinion and we voice an opinion rather than building a relationship. I would just suggest that we need to learn more about their story before we form an opinion. Keep reading. There's always more to their story. Seek to understand the why. Like, I wonder why they would say that. I wonder why they would go there. I wonder why they would do that. I have a a good friend. We've been friends for three or four years now, a former client of mine. He's probably 25 years my elder. And he's just a great guy. And we made it a point to have breakfast regularly together because he's one of those kind of fellows I'd love to have in my life that, that I, I've, I really feel like there's a lot that I can glean from him. But here's the thing. I like him a lot. But we are like complete opposites. Like politically. Like we have nothing in common. He doesn't believe in God. And like we have completely different ideology. And so we'll sit down at breakfast together and it's small talk for a while. And then we start having conversation about more substantive stuff. And honestly, I mean, you know, he and I will both admit the same thing. It, it, we, our 15 minutes, we're good. Like if it goes much longer than that, we start getting irritated with each other because he's wrong. <laughs> It's okay if I talk about him because I'm not telling you what his name is. Let's just pray for him. That's the Christian gossip word. I have a prayer request. Would you, would you pray with me about sister so-and-so? Because I heard, I uh, put a sock in it. So he and I get together and we'll talk. And I tell you what's amazing to me is I love him. And I understand how he arrives at his opinions about things. I don't agree. But I have a lot of respect for him. And the way that he arrived at his opinions helps me see things in a different light. So here's, here's the truth, and, and, and I still feel like I'm pretty secure in my political beliefs and, and, and my beliefs about God, but here's what, here's what he does. He, he gives me perspective. And so maybe, maybe I'm not this anymore. Maybe I'm like this. I know that scares you, but it's like, okay, I get it. I see how you see things. I get I get how you feel about that. I, I think I understand better. But it's because we've spent probably 50 60 hours with each other just talking and he's sharing me how he gets to the and then he gets frustrated with me because I believe the Bible. And I love God. And what what I, here's what I love though. He he is so great. We'll uh, we'll sit down to breakfast and the food comes and he'll wait for me. He goes, "Well, are you going to pray?" I'm like, you mean to the God that you don't believe in? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, so we'll pray. He goes, it just makes me feel good when you pray. And I'll pray for him. And I'll pray for his family. And he tells me that means a lot to him. So maybe he (laughs) is doing this. Because we're getting to know each other. Now, I'm not telling you to water yourself down and change your theology or, 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 mark this instead of this on the bow that's not what i'm saying but i'm just saying if really if we're really in this for people and if we're really in this for the kingdom of god how about let's stop building fences and start building bridges let's start asking the question why and that was not a border control reference But earn the right to speak into someone's life. We cannot assume what God is doing in their life. Second thing I think we need to do instead is care a lot more and say a lot less. I won't spend a lot of time on this, but let me just ask you this. When was the last time you cried with somebody? And not about your favorite team Losing. When was the last time you prayed with somebody for hurt that they felt? When was the last time you encouraged somebody? When was the last, how about this? When was the last time you defended somebody else? Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't know them the way that I know them. I would reserve judgment. When was the last time you defended somebody? Because what we tend to do is we tend to just talk about people. And we tend to just keep silent. Don't say anything if they disagree. We tend to avoid people that we disagree with. We tend to use our mouth a lot more than I think we should. James chapter 1. The, the book of James such a great book. There's a whole chapter dedicated to the use of the tongue. Careful. It's a, it's a tough chapter to read. But in chapter 1, kind of the introductory to this whole thing, James says this in chapter 1, verses 26 to 27. He says, If a man among you seem to be religious, and he can't shut his mouth, he can't bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. True religion is not about what you say or about the opinions you espouse. True religion is helping people. And true religion is, is, is getting closer to God and trying to do the right thing. I jotted this down this week. I think I put it in your notes. If we would put as much energy into helping people as we do talking about people, this world would be a much better place and the kingdom of God would see a surge in population. Earn the right to speak into their life. Care a lot more and say a lot less. And finally, ask yourself this. How can I be Jesus to them in this? Now think about this. So you don't know what God's doing in their life. And you probably don't know a lot of their story. So what's God's take on this situation? So what is he doing in my life what is he doing in their lives? So here's the thing. Let's just be honest. We probably don't know. So, how can we be Jesus to them? How can we partner with God and help them in this situation and in what God is trying to do when we don't know what God's doing? I don't know. Be nice. I don't know what God's doing in your life and you don't know what God's doing in my life. Let's be honest about that. And so if you don't know what God's doing in my life and I don't know what God's doing in your life, then let's by default just be decent to each other and be encouraged. Listen, everybody's having a hard time. So be nice to everybody. It doesn't take much How does God see them? What are his thoughts and motives? What is God trying to do in their lives? I mean, he is working. He is trying to to make them into the image of his son. He is trying to woo them to himself. How can I help with whatever God is doing? Well, let's see. You could earn the right to speak in their lives. You could care a lot more about them and then say a lot less. Now, keep in mind, what, what God was upset with Job's friends about was that they had misrepresented what God was doing in that situation. Think about that. God was upset at those three friends because they were misinterpreting what God was trying to do in Job's life. You have not spoken of me the thing that is right. So I would suggest that we be very careful speaking on behalf of God to somebody else. Even if you're right, and even if what you are saying is the truth, you don't know if you're helping or hurting what God is doing. Now let me tell you, there are times when I feel like we should say something. I really do. I just don't think it's anywhere near as frequently as you think it might be. It's almost like this rare thing. Like if I go to somebody and and there's something that I feel like God wants me to speak into their life, and I'm very cautious about that. Very cautious. I mean, it happens very rarely. Except for my kids. I tell them what to do all the time. That's the exception. But there's so much we don't know. And there's so much that God is doing that you don't have a clue about. I would just really encourage you to just be nice, partner with the Lord, pray for them, speak into their life on rare occasions, and be Jesus to them. When you think about it, so, so they catch this woman in adultery. Like literally, the Bible says, in the very act They take her out of bed and march her in front of Jesus, guilty, no question about it. And Jesus says, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. Jesus walks through and diverts his path to go talk to a woman at the well and have a conversation with her, who'd been married several times, and the the man she was with wasn't her husband, and he has this conversation about living water. Jesus went out of his way. That's the type of relationship that we need to be building with people so we can speak into their lives. We don't have time. I would just encourage you to read Ephesians chapter 4, verses 29 through 32, about how to use our mouth to build up people. Christ was the ultimate model. There's always more to their story. And I would just encourage you this morning to read a little bit more, care a little bit more, and just take a pause before you react. Let's pray. Father, we do love you and thank you for placing us here on earth with other people. And Father, we want the kingdom of God to grow. And we... We want to see more folks come to know you. And in our circle, starting with our families, starting with our work environment, our relationships, help us to be you in that moment so that you are able to work a greater work in their lives as we partner with you. In Jesus' name, amen.